This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. and look around once in a while you could miss it he doesn't realize he's already a part of the never-ending story the never-ending story what's that just as he is sharing all your adventures others are sharing his they were with him when he hid from the boys in the bookstore They were with him when he took the book with the orange symbol on the cover in which he's reading his own story right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dude Looks Like the 80s. I'm your host RJ McCready. And for today's episode, I'm going to be taking you guys back to 1984 to take a look at the iconic fantasy movie, The Neverending Story. But before we do that, I'm going to check out the TV guide, I'm going to see what was on TV in 1984 movies, and what was in the charts back then. So, Ed McMahon, take us away. Head Big Man, and you're listening to Dude Looks Like the 80s. And now, here's the 80s Hall of Fame. I just like to read the TV guide. Read the TV guide. You don't need a TV. Ah, good old grandpa. Thanks for that, grandpa. So, we've got some iconic uh, TV shows here. We all know who these are. It's uh, Jan Michael Vincent in Airwolf. You also had a little unknown TV show. It only had one season. It was called Auto Man. had a relatively unknown cast, I believe. And you also had the iconic 
It's David Hasselhoff in Night Rider. We all know this one, guys. So there you go, there's a couple of TV shows there. Uh, movies out this year, you had, for the first time, Freddy Krueger. He hit our screens with Nightmare on Elm Street. You also had The Terminator. Uh, you had Ghostbusters. You had Tom Hanks with Splash. And you had Gremlins. So we had a good year of movies in 1984. And in the charts this year, you had the Thompson Twins with Hold Me Now. Hayden with Jump. Nina with 99 Balloons. Giorgio Moroka and Phil Wokey had uh, Together in Electric Dreams. And Time After Time with Cindy Lauper. So there you go guys, there's a little retrospective of what was going on back in 1984 and let's play you guys a trailer and I will get into the review of this movie we talk about the never ending story so Valcor take us away what is the secret of this enchanted book what wonders are hidden within its pages what magical spell does it cast on all who read it what is the secret of the never ending story you will enter a world where a young boy's imagination becomes a vivid reality. The world of Atreyu and Artax, the Rockbiter, and a good and kind gnome. A world that is vast and eternal, treacherous and dazzling, unforgettable and free. Yeah! 
for anyone who's ever made a wish, believed in a fantasy, or had a dream. This is The NeverEnding Story. And welcome back guys. So the synopsis for this film's fairly short synopsis is on IMBD is a troubled boy dives into a wondrous fantasy world through the pages of a mysterious book. It's a PG and it's 102 minute runtime and it's classed as an adventure drama family movie. It's starring uh, Barrett Oliver as Bastion. I haven't really seen him in anything else to be honest with you. Um, Noah Hathaway as a trail and the trivia here on him is he actually played I think it's I think he's called Boxy from Battlestar Galactica if you guys remember that he was a little kid with the uh, little sort of furry droid you had Tammy Stronach who plays the child empress and Alan Hop Opheimer he does the voice for Valcorn again it's a fairly unknown cast it's also directed by Wolfgang Peterson, who you might know for the, uh, I think it's an award-winning, I think it was a TV show made into a movie, Das Boot, and the film Enemy Mine with um, Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. It had a very healthy budget of $27 million, but it did very well at the box office. It took in $100 million, so it did very well. And something I didn't know until I looked at the trivia of this film, it's actually filmed in Germany and it's actually a German movie. And I always thought it was a, an American production. But it also has American ties because Steven Spielberg, when the film came to America, he thought that it could just do with a faster edit for the American audience. So Steven Spielberg, and I don't think he's credited for this, he did a faster cut. Uh, for the USA, so there you go. He's, he seems to be everywhere at the moment, or he seems to be everywhere. He just put his magic touch on these movies. It was originally a novel, obviously made into a movie, and it was written by Michael End, but he was unhappy with the movie, so he didn't want his name attached to it. Um, and also, another bit of trivia is that the movie is only half the book, so when you get to the end of this movie, there should be another another half. So. There's um, quite a lot of trivia to this film. And one more bit of trivia before I move on, because I will leave it at that, is Noah Haveway, the guy who plays the trail, is now a tattoo artist in LA. So if you want to get a tattoo done, go and see him. He might be able to do you a never-ending story tattoo on you. So go check it out. So the film throws you right in with the... Um, it's an iconic theme song, I would say. Um, it's the La Mole, uh, never-ending story and it's like a flight POV um, flight through the clouds and as I said before it's very important about film music um, particularly songs like this is I hear this on the radio and I've just gone back to Fantasia basically it just takes you right back and I don't know whether that's because I watched this as a young kid uh, maybe it is but um, great song iconic song and then it goes to a shot of Bastion he's a shy um, an outcast 10 year old who is uh, one of our main characters in this film and he's looked after by his widowed father he's also having a hard time at school he's being teased by the bullies and he finds a bit of escapism in reading books he's 
then chased after by the bullies and he runs into a bookstore and this is where you get our first clip right here. What's that book about? Oh, this is something special. Well, what is it? Have you ever been Captain Nemo? Trapped inside your submarine while the giant squid is attacking you. Yes. Weren't you afraid you couldn't escape? But it's only a story. That's what I'm talking about. The ones you read are safe. And that one isn't? Don't worry about it. But you just said it was... So there you go, guys. You've got a kind of building block right from the start here. A little bit of a... Um, telling you basically what this film's going to be about. And it's, it kind of reminds me of the kids' Necronomicon from The Evil Dead. If there's any horror fans listening to this, you'll know that. But Bastion doesn't do as he's told. The bookkeeper warns him about the book. He takes it away. But as he runs out of the shop, it's almost as if the bookkeeper's kind of sort of laughing amongst himself, saying, well, that's it. It's, this is the start of the never-ending story. So Bastian goes back to the school. He's had enough of it, and he, he goes up into the attic to read the book out of his curiosity. And as he opens the book up, it goes into Fantasia, and it basically tells you that it's being devoured by the nothing. And you get introduced to a couple of characters here. Um, you get the rock biter some dude on a snail with a top hat and there's a guy with a bat so you get a little introduction to some characters that live in fantasia and they're aware that this nothing is taking over their world you then go to the ivory tower where fantasia's ruler is telling the people that the child is child empress is dying and they need the warrior, a trail, to go on this um, journey to go and save her. It's the only way it's going to be able to um, save the child empress. And you get this scene here. When do I begin? <laughs> now. And you must hurry, Atreyu. For nothing grows stronger every day. Take this. The Orin. He who wears the Orin speaks for the Empress. It will guide and protect you. So there you go, guys. It's a pretty cool scene. It really sets up the movie. You see a lot of characters. Another bunch of characters here from Fantasia. It's got a really sort of um, fantasy mood to it. Um, some lovely music by um, the composer to this movie as well. And the you're also introduced to the... Is it the Urin? Urin. <laughs> I can't 
can't pronounce it, uh, which is given to a trail and it's supposed to protect him on his journey. And then you get a trail riding off on his horse, but he doesn't really know where he's going. He just he just needs to ride and see what happens, really. But in all stories, um, well, you've got good, you've got evil, and you've got the bad character. In this movie, you've got uh, Gamork. Um, I, <laughs> I can't pronounce these names. I do apologise here, guys. <laughs> um, but he is a vicious and highly intelligent wolf-like creature. And so he is on the track to go and kill a trail. But on a trail's quest, um, he comes across a turtle-like advisor called Moira. Uh, the ancient one of the swamps of sadness and it's a sad scene here guys with a tearjerker um as a trail is going through the swamps um because it's called the swamps of sadness he loses his horse um artax so he has to continue alone on his journey but a trail gets some information from this uh, turtle type creature and he tells him that he has to go to the southern oracle uh but the only problem with that is it's 10,000 miles away, so he's going to have a problem. He doesn't have horses on foot, so uh, at this point, you think his quest has failed. Then a trail starts to sink into the swamp himself, and then you're introduced to this um, iconic character, uh, which is Valkor, who is a white, fluffy dragon-type creature. He's a pretty cool character. Kind of reminds me of my West Island Terrier at home. And Falcor solves um, a trail's 10,000 mile problem. He actually takes him to the Southern Oracle where he meets some friendly gnomes who, I don't know if they look after the Oracle, but they're just um, probably a little bit of comic relief for this movie. The trail uses a telescope to have a look at the Southern Oracle. At this time, you see a knight approach it and he gets taken out by the laser beams coming out from these... Um, the eyes of the oracle are like two angels um, facing each other. It's a little bit like the, kind of reminded me of the Ark of the Covenant from Raiders of the Lost Ark. So again, the trail is up against another challenge and you get this scene here. So there you go, a trail takes a run and a jump and he manages to get through the southern oracle. So once a trail gets to the other side, he comes across a mirror where he sees himself and the oracle tells him that the only way he's going to be able to save Fantasia from the nothing is if he finds a uh, human child. And the human child is to give the emperor or the empress a new name. But in order to do this, he has to go to the southern boundaries of Fantasia. So again, he's kind of getting somewhere with this quest. So basically, he just has to keep moving on. So with the assistance of Valkor, um, they fly to the boundaries of Fantasia. And you get this scene here. We'll reach the boundaries of Fantasia. Do you know where they are? I have no idea. <laughs> then how do we find a human child? With luck. <laughs> Master Falco, Master, we have to hurry. 
Along the way, um, a trail gets knocked off from Valcor, and a trail finds himself in, in he finds himself in some ruins um, of an abandoned city, and this is where he has a confrontation with the Gwalk uh, character, the Wolf. I was sent to kill the only one who could have stopped the nothing. I lost him in the swamps of sadness. His name was Atreo. If we're about to die anyway, I'd rather die fighting! Come for me, Gmork! I am Atreo! He explains to Atrau that Fantasia is basically the imagination of humans. It's kind of like our escapism, I guess. And Gamork explains that the only way he's going to find a human weakness is to actually destroy Fantasia. But um, Atrau fends him off and kills him. And uh, he chucks a like a knife or something or a bit of um, slate through his heart. So Gamork is taken out. But at the same time, the nothing is still taking... Uh, destroying Fantasia. So again, he is um, rescued by the last minute by Falcor. But by this time, they find themselves in the void and Fantasia has been destroyed and there's only two small fragments, one of them being um, the Ivory Tower. So they go to the Ivory Tower and Atreo meets the child princess or empress. And this is the clip that you get at the beginning and she explains that he has succeeded because um, he has found the um, human child, he's basically reading the book and the never-ending story in the trails thinking what the hell is this all about, this is crazy and then it's up to Bastion to give the princess or the empress, keep calling her princess, the empress a new name and at this time Bastion realises that this book is for real and he opens up the attic window and there's thunder and lightning and he shouts, I didn't realise he shouted this out until I looked at the trivia it's actually Moonchild he gives her the new name of Moonchild and as this happens, uh, Bastion goes into like a dark um, void and he's there with the child empress and she basically gives him uh, like a little star which is like a wish and she says to tells him that he's succeeded and that with this wish he can have whatever he wants. And then of course his first wish is to take a flight with Valkor. And this is a pretty cool scene. This is where he gets his own back on those uh, child buddies at the beginning of the movie. You get this scene here.
that's pretty much it. That's the end of the movie. You kind of see Valcor fly with Bastion up into the sky and he basically say that he has many more adventures um, in the never-ending story, which, um, as I said before at the beginning of this um, episode, this film did do very well at the cinema, so it did spawn a couple of sequels. I think it was um, two sequels after this. Might have been four. But... Uh, I I don't really warm to two or three. I've, I've always just gone back to the first movie. It's um, I wouldn't have minded if there wasn't a sequel to this film. I think it's just a stand, good standalone movie. So there you go, guys. There's a never-ending story. Other films which were about this time, um, also to mention, which I didn't mention at the beginning of this episode, is you had Labyrinth, and there was the Return to Oz movie as well that came out this time. So you had a, a lot of fantasy movies in the 80s. There's also elements of Kroll to this film, which I reviewed with uh, Mark Lockhart, especially with the Valcor trying to get 10,000 miles somewhere. It kind of reminds me of the um, Firemares. So there's a little bit of a similarity there. But um, on the whole, it's a good film, fun movie. Go check it out. It's a bit of escapism. So there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I will be returning soon. I've got... Um, I keep talking about this one, actually. <laughs> uh, Runaway. I am definitely doing that one soon, and it's a listener request. And I've got Gary Hill joining me on that one, which will be good. He's um, He messaged me the other day saying it's one of his favourite films, so we're going to have a chat about that. I'm also doing The Last Starfighter, which came out this year in 1984. And I've also got Gary Hill joining me on that. So you've got two um, bonus episodes coming soon. So that's it, guys. Um, again, thank you for everybody on the Facebook page. And I'm going to leave you with this song. I'm going to play it, guys. I've got to play it, don't I? It's going to be La Mole. So I will leave you with this song. Enjoy, guys, and I'll see you soon. you see